okay, cool. I don't want to do social media anymore. Let's jump into your podcast. And I essentially became her literal podcast manager. I worked with her editor, her graphic designer. We had a customer service person that helped me do guest management, but I literally worked on everything, working through the systems, working on the processes, helping to set up a recording schedule, a release schedule, all of that. But that's essentially how I got into podcasting. Welcome to Chatting Over Chowder. We're your hosts, Bethany and Sherline. Chatting Over Chowder is a podcast where we ask people in the podcasting industry what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder. Join us for some fun, laughs, and tomfoolery. Get your spoon ready. We're about to dive in. much for joining us for another episode of chatting over chowder i am bethany and i'm Sherline, and we are the duo behind crackers and soup a podcast production management company but this is chatting over chowder which is a podcast where we talk to women in the podcasting industry about what podcasts they listen to while eating chowder and we do have to do a disclaimer because we said that we're going to start doing this the hosts Sherline and i do not eat chowder we give chowder to our guests and we watch them eat chowder menacingly. <laughs> so today with us, we have Ronnie Hill and we're so super excited to have her. Ronnie, 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 Ronnie. Yes. <laughs> so full disclosure, Ronnie worked with us for a little bit and she set up all of our great SEOs in regards to reaching out to guests and jot forms and all of those fun things. So they're super impressive only because Ronnie Hill was on our team for a short amount of time. I wish I could have <laughs> kept you forever and ever and ever. Um, but I'm going to read you a little bit about your bio so that people know who you are and you can get a refresher on who you are. I need it. Thank you. Sometimes you just got to hear how fly <laughs> you really are. I'd be like, oh, shit, I do some things. <laughs> So let's hype Ronnie up, shall we? <laughs> Ronnie is a full service podcast manager, podcast systems creator for female visionaries and CEOs. Since starting her self-named business, Ronnie Hill, in 2018, she transitioned from all around virtual assistant to social media manager, to Facebook ads manager, to podcasting, and the culmination of her experiences are clearly represented in her services. Ronnie has worked on shows that have reached a million downloads and charted in number one spots around the world. But ultimately, the shows she's worked on make an impact. They're hosted by change makers, people who are doing things differently for the betterment of their listeners and themselves. Whether it's breaking through your limiting mindset, processing emotions through sex, your queen, or adding more ease and joy to your life, these are the real wins in her book. Ronnie Hill, Ronnie Hill, there's other stuff in there about being gluten-free, but we'll talk about that. Yes, we will. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on Chatting Over Chowder. We love you so much. I know, much. we're so excited to have you. Truly. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so in addition to all of the, the things that we just said in your bio, you are also such a beautiful creator of organization and strategy and what the hell are those things that you put into place that it, it's automated like systems processes yes That's those things <laughs> that are not That's my shrinks <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm still sending emails from myself to every single client that we have <laughs> 
<laughs> because I need to get my systems in order. And I tried so hard to make Ronnie my virtual assistant. And she was like, Bethany, I'm moving from that. And I'm like, but what if we, and she's like, Bethany, I'm moving from that. And I'm like, but, but just, just one. She's like, I'm going to think about it, but Bethany, I'm moving from that. So <laughs> Great boundaries. <laughs> yes, which I, Ian, like, I love her boundaries. I love that. I love that she's moving out of that phase and she didn't want to do that anymore because I respect that. But personally, I was like, but I'm, I need you in my life. Can you that, just stay with me? Well, I think you guys both have a lot of that in common too because you, you both have made that huge transition to mm. focusing on to something that you specifically love. Very true. Very true. And that's why I was like, I can't, I can't not respect this. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's such like, it's the hardest thing because for me, I definitely, easiest way to say it, I fall in love with the people I work with. I mean, I work with people for a reason and that happens with you. And it's like so hard. Cause you're like, I know what I got to do to grow and move forward and go where I want to go. I gotta say no I'm so sorry it's not personal I still love you I still like you <laughs> and we still we still like stalk you on social media and like all your shit oh. and like jump in whenever you have a question so tell everybody who doesn't or who hasn't had an opportunity to work with the amazing phenomenal going to be famous Ronnie Hill what your history has been in not only working for yourself, but how you transitioned into the world of podcasting and working in the podcasting industry. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely be an oversharer, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you that. And when I'm in my car and imagining what I'm going to say to these questions, I'm like, where do I start? How far back do you want me to go? <laughs> when you came out of the womb, what happened? Did you have headphones oh. on? Did you have earbuds on? <laughs> I think I was just very loud and observant, but um, seriously, so I mentioned it in my bio that I started my business in 2018 and I came out as a pretty much jack of all trades, VA doing all the things, but I very quickly niched down into social media management. And honestly, for the majority of my entrepreneurial journey, that's what I did. That's what I became known for. So at some point I brought on who I call my biggest client, Bethany, I'm, I don't say this to say that. You're not unique. That's not what I mean. But all of my clients always want to bring me on in a bigger capacity. They want to keep me. They want me to do more things. <laughs> so my client often would, so do you want to work for me full time? Like, do you want to do, do you want to be my content manager? Do you, like, what do you want to do? Because I want you full time. And I'm like, nah, no, I'm social media manager. That's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because with her specifically, she was a client that I kept with me through what I call like the beginning of this really big transformation I went through. We all went through 2020, which was a year for everybody. But for me, especially, I lost my Nana, who really is like the most important person in my life. And it was the start of this huge transformational journey. So I bring up that client because she was really understanding. And she essentially was like, but take a month off. I'm going to pay you. You take however much time you need. And what she basically did was she gave me the financial freedom that I needed to take space and take time away. So I let go of all my clients, except for her. And I really took that time to really think like, 
what do I want to do? I need to grieve. I need to move forward. But eventually I'm going to have to come back. I'm going to have to work. I'm going to have to do stuff. So when I did come back, I came back to her. She was very open-minded. And I told her, I said, I don't want to do social media anymore. So I was ready to be let go. I was ready to part ways. And she said, well, I need a podcast manager. I was like, but I don't know nothing about podcast managing. I listen to them, but tell me, what do you need? Because I'm interested in learning about it. (laughs) So I went through the process of learning what exactly goes into the back end of creating a podcast show. And that may have been a long story, but that is my journey on how I got into podcasting. So I basically was like, okay, cool. I don't want to do social media anymore. Let's jump into your podcast. And I essentially became her literal podcast manager. I worked with her editor, her graphic designer. We had a customer service person that helped me do guest management, but I literally worked on everything, working through the systems, working on the processes, helping to set up a recording schedule, release schedule, all of that. But that's essentially how I got into podcasting. I didn't know that story. Yeah. And it's, that's literally why I was like, I don't know how far back I need to go on this story, but I feel like it's important. (laughs) So I don't think that that was excessive at all. (laughs) I think you rounded it out very nicely, but I do have to say that it just goes to show your professionalism, your work, your ethics, and who you are, that so many people, when you were ready to transition and move into another direction, were like, hold on, wait a minute, how can I accommodate you as you make this change? How can I honor and hold you in grace as you take time to experience this loss? Because people don't do that for people that they aren't invested in. And it is very easy to become invested in you just by meeting you one time. So kudos to you on sharing your podcasting history story. And thank you for that. But also kudos for you for for being the type of person that people don't want to give up. Thank you. Thank you so much. Definitely a testament to your skill set and your work ethic as well, because I think that's so important. And something I love that I've seen you do a lot is you set really good work boundaries. And I admire that so much because I think anyone who owns their own business and works for themselves, it's so easy to just overdo it. It's so easy to just go overboard and work 16 hour days. How have you found within this solopreneur venture of yours that you've been able to set boundaries and still meet your financial demand? That is a phenomenal question because I won't lie. I'm sitting here thinking like, wow, I didn't even realize that I had boundaries up like that. So I do definitely like to surround myself with people that I have some quality or aspect that I aspire to be like. And it's kind of following that inspiration of people who are going past the fluff, going past the fear and just saying, no, there's nothing else you need to worry about. You just have to do it. You just have to put it into place. And what I mean by that is that I guess really just simply when it comes to those boundaries is that we get so worried about how the other person's going to respond. We are so quick to put aside our own comfort for someone's short-term satisfaction. And you end up being the person in the long run who is burnt out, who is like exhausted and who's suffering from this. And they don't even know that any of this is going on because you're like, I just want to make sure that you're okay. 
and that's not what's important. So I think for me in my journey, honestly, I think the best way to explain it is that honestly, for me, I had to go to the extreme and then dial it back. So I had to go to the extreme of saying, putting up all these boundaries, defining what my working hours were going to look like, because I wasn't going to let other people decide that for me, decide when people can talk to me, how they can talk to me, when they can expect to hear back from me. And I had to really let go of that mentality of the jack of all trades, the person that does everything all the time for everybody, and really reel it back in to think, how do I actually want to work? How do I actually want to live? I don't want to build my life around my business. I want it to be the other way around. And honestly, in the beginning, it was difficult because I was in this mindset of, well, I have to work more to make more money. If I make more money, then I can make these boundaries. I can make these rules. But I was like, no, I have to do this now. I have to figure this out now. So in order to do that, you have to have things in place, as we mentioned, automizations and systems. So what systems as a podcast manager do you use that is your absolutely favorite so that you can create the the time that you need in order to do the things that you want to do away from your business? Currently, I'm using HoneyBook. And what HoneyBook allows for me to do is it allows me to have a scheduler, which essentially would be like Calendly. And I'm going to shout Calendly out because it's black owned and because I use it for the majority of my business starting out. But I do love the integration with a scheduler in my CRM program, a scheduler system where I go ahead and I pick, I'm going to have these set days, these set times for my discovery calls. I give you a certain amount of lead time that you can give me ahead of time to prepare for your call. And I do that for discovery calls, client meetings, strategy calls, anything like that. That is one of my biggest things to have in the place. Um, Along with HoneyBook, I can have email templates on the back end that are ready to go out so that all of that stuff is ready and I'm not doing it manually. No shame, Bethany. (laughs) I'm not doing it manually. So I feel like a good example would be someone coming to you who's interested in working with you. So someone can go to my website they can learn everything about me. They fill out a form if they want to work with me. It automatically sends them a link to book a call with me. I don't have to go into my calendar and figure out when am I available? When can you chat? It goes to them. And then once they get that, they get the confirmation. They get a reminder email day before, two hours before. All of that stuff is already set up. So I think that's like my favorite, favorite thing. And I feel like it's literally... <laughs> The only automation that I could just would love to just talk about like for days and days, but that's my favorite. Which is ironic because I too utilize HoneyBook. (laughs) (laughs) But I I utilize it for a lot of the same concepts that that you stated. It's connected to my calendar. We use Calendly in addition to HoneyBook, all of our proposals and our contracts and all of our email exchanges are through HoneyBook. But When it comes to like a payment has been made, I send that email that says, thank you so much for your payment because people (laughs) be, okay. So if any gem is going to come for me in this, this interview is going to be, if somebody pays you when you are a podcast manager, send them an email saying, thank you for paying me. Like, don't just (laughs) ghost them until you're ready to start the project. Like at least lean in and be like, I received the money. Thank you. What things as you were learning all of the different aspects of podcast management, what were some of the things that you found 
refreshing that you absolutely adored and wanted to dive right in? And then what were some of the other things that you found a little more challenging? Mm, I can definitely start with the challenging because I will say that I think editing audio for me was definitely more on the uh, challenging side. And I think it simply was just because it was something that I hadn't done. And I knew coming into it when I decided that I was going to step out and be a podcast manager on my own, offering it as my own service. I was like, I want to be able to do all of the things, but I know eventually down the line, I'm probably going to outsource them. So editing for me was probably more challenging simply because it's one thing when you're listening to the podcast, it's another when you're the person behind it creating that final product. And for me, I will tell you, I'm not going to call myself a perfectionist. So if you can come up with another word, I'm going to let you call me that respectfully. (laughs) But when I'm editing audio, I am hearing everything. I hear breaths. I hear background noise that you didn't even know you made. I hear everything. So editing was more so a challenge for me because it can be a time suck if you allow yourself to get swallowed up into the nitty gritty of every single detail. So that for me was probably the biggest uh, challenging thing. As far as diving into something like super exciting, I think for me, it just always comes down to the uniqueness of each show and the unique audience that every show is going to reach. Because I think sometimes we have this mentality that we're going to put something out there and everybody's going to see it and everybody's going to love it. And the truth is, they're not. And that's okay. That's actually great. You want to reach your people who love your stuff who need your stuff and who are going to keep moving forward with your stuff and then share it with more people like that. Not everybody. (laughs) So I think for me, it's that because each of my clients reaches a completely different person. It might be something that the audience over here might like, the audience over there might like, but the specific people that your show reaches, I just feel like that's your bread and butter. They are your key to like everything moving forward. And those are the people that you just need to like continue nourishing just giving, giving them all the stuff. <laughs> Any kind of business and podcasting at the end of the day is a business in itself, but you want to know your audience. And so many people are like, oh, well, I can reach everybody. Everyone's my audience. No, they're not. Who's your ideal person? Think of that one person who you really are speaking to and stick to that because like you're saying, you get so much more value. You get so much more loyalty from those people that you're reaching because they truly are valuing what you are saying and doing. And so it's so important because I always say, if you try to reach everybody, you reach nobody because you can't be that relatable. It it just, it's not possible. Everyone will tear you apart in some way, shape or form if that's the case. And not only that, you don't get to be your authentic self because of it, because then you're trying to just please everybody. And I love what you were talking about, how when you're listening to audio, you hear every little thing and you have to hold yourself back from it. Because what a lot of people, and I think a lot of editors, and I know Bethany knows this herself, is that you become so consumed in that, you spend all that time and then you're not charging for it. And if you see these editors who've been doing this for years, breaths, that's an extra charge. Like (laughs) all of that stuff is an extra charge. So catching yourself with that and knowing that you have to read that back, is really, really awesome of you because I don't think a lot of people until they're way deep in it and they outsource something and then they see what that person 
only does is when they're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The journey of, I've been looking for a subcontractor for editing. I will share that. And I have worked with several different people. So I can say that I'm particular in other areas of my life as well. But that's been a great experience for me because I'm learning exactly what you said. I'm learning what other people do, like what's their bare basic, what is their foundational level of editing. And then they do, they will have those extra charges to do more, to go in and do more work. And I also learned that when I let someone else edit it and then I come back and listen to it for review, it's a completely different listening experience versus me actually being the person editing. And that's such a valid point that you and Sherline both bring up because it's not just equalizing and noise reduction. It's also editing for content. And I know myself as a podcast manager, I get hung up in all of the things pertaining to editing. So I can be editing something for hours. So the things that we get so consumed by can overtake our time and our energy. We have to be very cognizant of setting those boundaries that you're so good at doing. So for people who are just starting out, if somebody's listening that wants to get into podcast management, you have so many transferable skills that you utilize from your virtual assistant to podcast management. What type of skills would you advise that they hone in before they go full speed ahead and into podcast management? That's a great question. I think the first skill that comes into mind is, I feel like you have to have a good organizational skill. I feel like first of mind, <laughs> that's what comes up. Um, because I think while, when I first got into actually doing the editing myself, you start to learn how many different things that you're actually handling for an individual episode. So I feel that ultimately you do need to hone in on that skill of organization, make sure that you're not all over the place because you don't want to get to a point of you've edited and you come down to your final MP3, what you think is your final, and then your client needs a something fixed. And then all of a sudden you don't know what the original editing file is. You don't know what the original audio is. And that might sound simple, but I think it can also be very easy if organization isn't top of mind for you. I think another skill that just comes off the top of my head, I want to say like a customer service skill, but I think more so what I mean is more like a customer relations or client relations. And I think that ultimately that's going to be important for you to any niche that you're going to work in. Because the truth is, even if you have like an amazing system set up the way you probably don't really communicate with your podcasting clients that often, you still have to build that initial relationship up with them and you still have to maintain and nourish that relationship. So I feel that if you don't have that kind of like client relation, customer service aspect in as well, I think that's super important because I feel like all the other things behind it, the skills are definitely needed, but there are technical skills that you can really learn. But if you're not going to work on that, having that care, that personal concern, that personal, some kind of connection that makes you actually care about your client and their show and their message because they're super passionate about it. So they want to know that they're going to have someone behind them who's going to be supporting them, who's going to be committed to getting that message out in the best way possible. So I think that's also like a really important skill, so to say, that you need to develop and hone in on if you're going to move over here. That's awesome. When and how did you decide what you wanted your audience to be? As far as my clients, I think that mine was continuously honing in on the ideal client from the start of my journey. When I first started, 
I think I just had a desire to work with entrepreneurs or small business owners, small business entrepreneurs. And I think over the years, it just continues to get clearer and clearer. So it went from small business owners, entrepreneurs to female entrepreneurs, like immediately went. I knew I wanted to work with women. And then it got even more fine tuned that I wanted to work with women who were working in mindset or either who were working on their own personal mindset, who kind of had this more open-minded look on things, people who were more optimistic or working on personal development. And it came down into that. And then it also started to flow into, I really want to work with female coaches who are helping people with their mindset, who are people of color (laughs) as well. So I think for me, it's just every step of the journey, like every person that I work with, it just continued to show me a clearer picture of who it was that I wanted to work with. And I think for me too, I'm learning as I keep moving on. And as I have these personal dreams in mind that I really want to be a person who's providing a service that is supporting these phenomenal women of color, because I think truthfully, we end up being very underrepresented, under under supporting all of the unders that we can throw into that. And I wanted to be a person who really was like working to uplift them in some way, working to support them, working to further their message, their reach in literally every single service that I provide. So even moving forward, I've realized that I want to continue to, I feel like hone in, like it's stuck in my head ever since we said it, (laughs) but I really want to hone in on that goal, that dream, that vision. So even moving down the line, I could see myself just working on furthering that message, but really working to the representation of women of color doing all kinds of things. So I think ultimately that's how I got to this particular place. And I love that because I love to showcase women of color cheering other women of color on because in the media, there's this representation that it's all backstabbing and cursing and hollering and and acting ratchet when in reality, it's more of the support and the encouragement and I got you, you got me, let's work hand in hand. And I think that needs to be showcased more and it needs to be talked about more because there's already a misconceived perception of women of color and how we interact with each other. So just for you verbalizing, this is why I'm going down the trajectory in which I've I've gone down. And these are the people that I want to support with my genius is just so beautiful. And thank you so much for saying that. I appreciate that so much. And I think that for me, one of the other things that I'm learning about myself is that it really helps to have phenomenal people around you. Like say you two, for example, in this setting right here that you have people who literally can be that reflection back to you of those things about yourself that you don't realize are phenomenal themselves, that you don't realize are amazing, and like great ideas. And you need women, like you just said, women of color around you who are supporting you and cheering you on because they see that light in you and they need to just reflect it back to you sometimes. Yes. There are some people since I've started this adventure that I have never met that if I called them up tomorrow and was like, I need you, they would be here and I would be the same for them. So it's just amazing how even in 
the scope of all of the craziness of 2020, it has really allowed people to hone in because that's going to be the phrase of this episode on who your people are and to cultivate those relationships because you had truly nothing else better to do. Being in this virtual space, and I think all of us realized this once we started working remotely pre-pandemic, it allowed you access to so many more people because everybody was so much more open. So it expanded your network and because you guys had that message of these are the kinds of women I want to attract into my life, you brought that on to yourself. You attracted that and it only got better and better. So it's incredible. And I, I, I think this pandemic, if there's one thing that like good that came out of it, I think it was being able to expand yourself to so many other people. And not only that, people realizing that they don't have to be stuck doing something they hate, that they can really love what they're doing and make a living out of it. So it's incredible to have more women showcasing that and more young women as well. Young, old, whichever, basically showing you that it doesn't matter what tier of life you're in, your dreams are still possible. And so I think on top of being inspired by others, you guys are also inspiring other women as well. I love that. I think that is absolutely beautiful. Thank you, Boobly Bear. So, so now that we had you talking for a hot 30 minutes, we are going to let you wet your palate with some soup. <laughs> also, do I need to mute my mic or do you need to hear all the soup sounds? Slurp <laughs> it up. Like, I want to hear the spoon hitting the bowl. Look at that pretty bowl. That really is pretty. It's so cute. It's such a cute bowl. So what soup did you choose? Because you and I, we have talked about this ad nausea. We are both gluten-free. Yeah. And yeah. It, it came out like a wrecking ball for both of us. It I did. came out of nowhere, nowhere. <laughs> so Spoonful of Comfort is so amazing that they actually offer four or five different gluten-free options. Mm -hmm. So not only do you get the gluten-free soup, but you also get gluten-free rolls. So tell us what soup you chose and why you chose it. Okay, so I got the chicken poblano chowder. I think that's how what it's called. I got it. One, because it is chowder and we are chatting over chowder. <laughs> corniness aside, I also got it for its corniness because it has fire roasted corn. <laughs> I, I promise I'm not this corny, but I might be. Who knows? Honestly, when you asked me, when you invited me so graciously to be here, I won't even lie. I was like, yes, I know what soup I want. I already knew. I just held back. I was like, <laughs> I didn't want to jump at you and already be like, I want this soup. I already know it's when I want, but after sending it, talking to different guests, chatting over chowder, watching people get soup, I will honestly say I was surprised. Like so many people were getting like tomato soup and chicken noodle soup. And I was like, well, there's this chicken poblano chowder that looks amazing. I want to hear someone talk about this chowder. So Roddy, you were just super gracious. And you're like, when you invited me. Okay. So this has been in the works for months. So I, so homegirl created a job form. I was like, okay, so did you put yourself on the calendar? Like you have access to the calendar. I don't understand. And she was like, I will. And then another one month went by. And then Ronnie's still not on the calendar. So after she hadn't worked with us for like three months, I was like, Ronnie, 
why aren't you on the calendar yet? And she was like, oh, she literally said, but what will I talk about? <laughs> and I was like, you're a fucking, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> so although she just so meekly was like, when I was just invited, no, it was a stalk. It was, I was a gazelle and she was a deer. And I don't know if that's what they hunt, but like I pounced on her. <laughs> and I was like, damn it. Get on the calendar and order yourself some soup. <laughs> it's no, so funny because when you, when you did the jot form thing and you were like, did you put yourself on the calendar? I was like, oh yeah, sure. I can, I can test it out. I'll fill this form out, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Not what I meant at all. <laughs> but that just goes to show communication is key. So I, I should have broken down why I wanted you on the calendar as a real appointment, not just an experimental thing. So was the chicken poblano gluten-free everything that you had wanted it or envisioned it to be? Oh my gosh, it was. So it is, I'm going to share two funny stories with you. I think they're funny. So when I was in college some years ago, there was this restaurant on our campus that served this phenomenal soup. I don't even know what it is to this day. I don't even know if that place still exists, but it to this day is the best soup I've ever had. And I will tell you that when I ate this soup, it is the closest thing I have ever had to that soup. And I was like, there is no way. There is no way. <laughs> and I was just like, this is really good. And it's taking me back to my college days. <laughs> so, and that's why I love soup. <laughs> I love soup. It does that. It transforms you, right? Like mm -hmm. when you taste something, all of a sudden your whole geography changes. You're yeah, sitting you're in that hard ass booth. Oh, you are. You're, you're transported. And again, it's, it's sense, taste. Like it just, it, it, it warms you up everything. And on top of that, I love the chicken poblano. I've yes. gotten it twice and let me tell you, I am not disappointed ever. And this last time I got it, I shared with my mother-in-law, but like one cup, the rest of it was mine. I ate it the whole week. It was like what I had for lunch the whole week. <laughs> so what was your other story that you wanted to share? My other story was that I was very well prepared for our interview. And I made my soup well ahead of time. And my brother came over and he ate it. And he loved it. So <laughs> he came over and I was I was asking him, I was like, oh, do you like soup? I have this soup. I was explaining to him why I got it. And he was just looking at the jar. He was like, I might try it. I might try it. I was like, well, I got a bowl right here. You can try it. I haven't tried it yet. So he goes and he's like, oh, okay. Okay, that's good. That's okay. That's good. And he was like, I didn't mean to eat all your soup though, but that's good. I'm so glad we got to feed Brother Hill. Like, yay, Brother Hill. <laughs> Did you invite him to also try a gluten-free roll or were you like, these are mine? You only get you <laughs> well, only get a little bit of soup. I offered him a gluten-free roll. He didn't take it, which I was fine. And then I was also like, I had gluten-free cookies too. And I was just like, oh, it came with cookies. They gone though. But yeah, I ate the cookies. I had a roll once the box got here. <laughs> no, and then on top of that, the packaging is so pretty. And it's such an experience. 
It is. And I think there is just something so amazing about it. It's just, we're always excited when mail comes, not bills or trash, whatever. So you get this little box and it opens up. It's pretty inside. And the way they have it, it's literally like, I know they probably did this purposefully, but it's like step by step. It takes you through the box exactly how it wants you to go through. So I opened it up and it's like a little greeting. And then I pull a flap and there's this beautiful real ladle. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I knew it was there, but it's just different when you're actually in the moment experiencing it. (laughs) Which I love because you know, like all our secrets, you know how the sausage is made. (laughs) But to be able to send you the sausage, like in all of its completeness, it's, it's just to honor you. And we're so appreciative that you were not only on our team for a period of time, but that we got to know you and that we connected with you. And it truly is a representation of how beautiful you are inside and out. Like that whole box is a manifestation of what it's like to be in Ronnie's presence. And the inside lining is yellow, boo. I love that, that is sweet. I just feel like if there's somebody who can make you feel amazing like Bethany, I don't know, I just don't know. That wasn't even a complete sentence, but somebody's gonna find meaning in it. And we could chalk chalk it up to that you were like soup drunk. (laughs) Pretty much, pretty much soup. And I like to, so I'm breaking up my rolls and putting them in my soup. And my rolls have been warmed up. They've been buttered up. It is just, yeah, I'm probably going to end up in a soup coma after this. So, man, I'm hungry already. (laughs) While you're eating soup, what kinds of podcasts do you like to enjoy? So, honestly, I think ever since I've started listening to podcasts, I think my favorite show that I always recommend to people, I know it's not answering like what kind of podcast, but <laughs> there's a show called Small Doses with Amanda Seals. It is a, I think it's more of like a comedy. It's probably listed more of the comedy, maybe within the self-help realm. So to answer that question real quick, I listen to a lot of like self-help or specific business tip podcasts. So something that's specific to my journey at the time, but hands down, I don't care who you are, black, white, brown, anything. I don't care what gender, age, I will most often always recommend Small Doses with Amanda Seals to anybody who listens to me. So if you talk about podcasts, I would like, have you listened to Small Doses with Amanda Seals? You need to listen to it. <laughs> but I think she's more in the realm of social justice. Yeah, that's that's true. That is because, true. And that's, because, yeah, in all of her high yellow sassiness, she is just bringing the real and I don't know why she named it Small Doses. And I've listened to her for a long time now. And I don't think she ever explained why she named it Small Doses. Because none of the shit that she says is in Small Doses. It's a full meal with like a dessert listening to the entire episode. And some of them are really long. It's like some of them are like an hour and a half. And you're just full and tired. And you don't know what happened. That's not a small dose. <laughs> that is hilarious. Because I, I agree with you. I feel like I heard her kind of explain the the meaning behind the title small doses but yeah there is nothing small or tiny dose or anything about that show amanda is like i'm coming for you full blast and if you ain't ready then that's your fault when i said i recommend it to everybody she's literally one of those people that i'm not for everybody but i'm at the same time i don't care who you are everybody needs to hear this so you said her passion for social justice i think that's just what it comes out she's passionate and i think that's what i love about her so she is passionate, she is dedicated, and she is like, I'm not standing for standing up for 
injustice. I'm not letting little. Can I cuss on here? <laughs> I think I said fuck like four times <laughs> since I hit record. It's, it's like I've listened to episodes and I'm like, it's not like I don't know. <laughs> oh, shame. I don't even know where I was going with that point, but. <laughs> no, I agree. And I, I even think sometimes like how real and in your face she is. If you're a person of color, it can be comedic because that she's calling certain people out. And so you're like, mm-hmm. and so it, it, it gives you a good laugh. So I can see what you mean, like where you can get a little bit of the comedic end of it. Also just her personality in general. But I, I agree. I think her podcast is something that everyone, because it, it, she's studied black history so intensely. She went to school for it. She can truly educate you. And if you're someone who's ever asking yourself, oh, I don't understand the history behind all of these issues, it, her podcast, like she's who you, her podcast, her Instagram posts, her blog posts, everything. She's the one you want to definitely listen to. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. The background, the education, she's well informed. She's not just spewing off a ton of he said, she said type of stuff. She is really putting a lot of thought and effort and passion behind the things that she shares. And I absolutely love it. I think for me, her show probably hit for me because at the time when I found it, I was going through an experience at a job where I think it was my first time as a person of color experiencing being actual person of color in a white environment. I know that I'm privileged in my own rights, being very light-skinned, all of these aspects. But it really was the first time in my life I actually experienced being the other at a job. And it blew my mind. And it probably sent me into a lot of anger and all of this stuff. But I think when I found her show, she had this early episode, Side Effects of White Women. And it was specifically talking about the effects of white women in general on Black population, but especially at work. And that's exactly what I was going through at the time. And it was just so amazing to have someone else call out your experience for exactly what it was and kind of bring your awareness to that light. And I was like, holy cow, that is what I'm going through. And at the time, like, it was, it was just so funny because I could say that with my privilege, I was also in this bit of ignorance. I was one of three Black people who worked at this place. And the other two Black people were older, in their 60s. And they even would tell me from time to time, like, I'm sorry, sweetheart, but you, you never going upstairs, but you never going up. And I'm like, oh no, you're crazy. Everybody loves me. I can do this. I'm amazing. The girl before me did exactly what I'm doing. And they were like, no, nah, baby, you're not. And I was like, oh, I'm not. That is interesting. So for me, when I found her show, it came at a time where I was experiencing exactly that. And I needed something to kind of bring that awareness up for me and help me kind of go through it and cope. So I think that's one of the reasons why I like really fell in love with her show. Whew, that was a whole that's a story. <laughs> thank you. So, no, truly, like, thank you so much for sharing that because the aggressions that Black women or women of color, when they are the only receive at a workplace daily, is just something that we have to digest in order to be able to go back to work the next day. And when you keep eating it and eating it and eating it, and then you have somebody who is reiterating your experience and they have no idea who you are, it validates you. 
Mm-hmm. It makes you think I'm not crazy. This is really happening. And then that validation is empowering. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. Another one that you also recommended was somebody in which we're in the same group together. And <laughs> it's the Lauren Wrighton podcast. And she actually teaches people how to become podcast managers. So why did you gravitate towards her podcast and what are the lessons that you get? So I gravitated towards Lauren's podcast when I was making that decision to offer podcast management as my sole service. So parting ways with my client and then moving on back into what am I going to do? So I think that there was another friend of mine who's also in that group who recommended her. And I think I binged like all of her intro episodes because it's, what I love about, I'm going to say podcasts in general, but what I love about podcasts is when you can give me exactly what I need in like good, easy, digestible, action taken tips. And I feel like that's what I got from Lauren. Like I got this clear understanding of what it actually looks like to be a podcast manager. What do I need to expect? What do I need to do? And then on top of that, she has like this sweet, soothing voice that just makes me believe that I can do anything. I was like, you know what? I can be a podcast manager. I can do this. (laughs) You can, and you are. So, here I am. (laughs) So I I really love that. And uh, I think really as far as like, that to me is probably like the golden nugget of what I get from Lauren's show. Just overall, she is really clear on what she wants you to get out of every single episode. And I think that's very good for any kind of podcast host who's creating content for you to be intentional, for you to know what is my audience going to get from this? What does my audience need from this? And I think she does a really great job of that. And she does also a good job of highlighting different service providers who are in different areas. So interviewing Jordan Gill for VIP days, like I mean, who isn't talking about VIP days now? Now you've gotten like the person about VIP days and you brought them in and like, look, I'm gonna bring in this expert to talk to you specifically about this thing. So I think it sounds basic, but I think she does a really good job of some of those key elements of a good podcast host. And in addition to that, I think she's very accessible. She is very accessible. She is very willing to answer any questions and to explain something in in a manner if you didn't quite pick it up the first time. So that quality in itself, it's it's a rarity sometimes. And it is very beautiful because the information, sometimes people want to hold it to themselves because they're, I don't know if they were afraid of competition or they're afraid that you're going to take it and do it better. But she is not one of those people. She is very willing to share her knowledge at any given time. And that is just so complimentary on her personality and and who she is. We're going to get into our Fisk Please segment where you tell us what's going on, anything new you're promoting, what's going on in your business. Let us know all your stuff. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. So I am continuously promoting my full service monthly management for female visionaries, which I feel is pretty phenomenal. (laughs) But something very new that I'm super excited to start offering are my podcasting systems in a day. So I'm creating a VIP day. And essentially, it's going to include all that amazing stuff that Bethany was raving about. (laughs) But I do have such a huge love for 
really mapping out systems, mapping out the automations and processes, and really giving people a clear streamlined workflow that just kind of puts your whole podcast mission at ease. And essentially, that's what you will walk away with. So I do a full setup in Asana or ClickUp, and it's going to take you all the way from doing your recording. I'll even help you set up your own recording schedule to what your production and editing workflow looks like, creating your graphic design elements, all the way out to your final promotion. Let's say, hypothetically, that a podcast management company does all of that for their clients, and that's fine but they need other things specifically done for their podcast management company, hypothetically speaking. <laughs> Would that hypothetical person be able to schedule a VIP day or, what, or because it wasn't one specific podcast, that, that doesn't fit your niche, just hypothetically. <laughs> so I'm going to say maybe on the surface, it doesn't seem like it fits, but I really feel like this workflow can definitely be set up for this hypothetical podcast management <laughs> production company. I think it will work just the same. And I think that it's going to include the same elements of diving deep into what is it that you're currently doing? What do you want to be doing? What needs to be fixed? And let's put it all into place so you don't have to keep doing it. <laughs> I feel hypothetically that I should just give you my money now. A lot of people, I feel hypothetically, I would probably say, okay, here it is. Take it. <laughs> Ronnie, you are such a dream. And I did not know that that's what you were promoting. So that, like, I that just made we, me happy. <laughs> I swear, like, you are my little sister. Like, I said it for me, I think the first day, I was like, I feel like that you are just my kindred little sister spirit. And I just, adore you so much and the fact that we were just talking about all of your geniuses and then you're like hey i'm promoting my genius whoa whoa what <laughs> <laughs> excites me to no end so thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy day and you're doing so many amazing things and it is such a freaking treat and a dream to watch you flourish and get your name out there and see your name in rooms where you're not even a part of that room. It's just such an honor. And I will absolutely not hypothetically be reaching out to you for that <laughs> VIP day. I will be your first VIP client <laughs> if you haven't gotten any already because I, I love your spirit. I love who you are and I love what you do. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. I appreciate you both so much. I appreciate this entire experience and of course my experience working with you guys. And I don't know if you want to include this or not, but Bethany, I just want to let you that when you popped up into my inbox on Facebook and started talking to me, I was like, I'm going to say yes, because I feel like I need to be in this woman's presence and I need to know <laughs> awesome. her. And she needs to be in my circles. I was like, I'm getting it here. We're going to move forward together. <laughs> so I'm so no. glad that you popped into my Facebook inbox. <laughs> And, and you I'm were so truly a blessing to us. Thank you. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you so much for the beautiful suit package as well. Yeah. Oh. Thank you for everything. <laughs> you deserve it all. You deserve it all. So if you want to find out more about Ronnie, she'll be in the show notes, all of her things. And have a good evening, day, what the, morning, whatever, wherever you're listening, whatever time you're listening to it. Yeah. Have, have it be good. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> 
Thank you so much for listening to Chatting Over Chowder. This episode is sponsored by Crackers and Soup. You can find out more about our guest and Crackers and Soup in our show notes. If you loved this episode, subscribe and drop us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Until next time, stay, stay super. super.